A few years ago, I was working with a guy who told me, the Bible was just a book of allegorical stories, like old fairy tales to tell children, and that none of it could actually be proven. I tried to reason with him and share more about the authenticity of the Bible, but he just flat out refused to listen. Do you ever wonder if any of it actually happened and if it can be trusted? If you're like my coworker, for the next 30 minutes, put your biases aside and have an open mind and explore this topic with me. Welcome to the Grafted Podcast with, with your host, Adam Weatherly, bringing you encouraging stories, in-depth conversations, and practical biblical teaching for everyday life. Over the past two episodes of the Grafted Podcast, we have talked about where the Bible came from and how to choose a good translation of the Bible to study. After listening to those two episodes, my friend and church planner, Michael Kopik, he pointed out that there are some theories out there that people actually believe that say that the Bible is not the true authoritative word of God. That brings up a question. How do we know the Bible is true? That is what we're going to talk about on this episode of the Grafted Podcast. Is the Bible true? Here are nine pieces of evidence that prove that it is. If you were to start digging in on this topic, you would find that there are many different theologians who have written books upon books proving that the Bible is the authoritative Word of God. The problem with most of these books is that they are written by theologians for theologians. They use terminology that the majority of us wouldn't be able to understand unless we have degrees in theology, which in our case isn't really that helpful. There is, however, one book that I found incredibly helpful for us normal people to read and understand. Global University's Christian Life series by missionary L. Jeter Walker is the book. Most of this episode is derived from this book. Lesson 6, which is entitled Your Bible, specifically talks about nine clues that help prove that the Bible is true. I'll put a link to this in the description so you can have access to it as well. Walker uses a nine-letter word as an acronym to give evidence that the Bible is true. And that acronym happens to be the word evidences, E-V-I-D-E-N-C-E-S. Now, as I mentioned earlier, there's been so much research done on this topic that I am just simply unable to go into full detail about each part. Because of this, I'm just going to try to give a good synopsis of the topic to stay within the time parameters for this episode. So here we go. Nine evidences that the Bible is true. The first part of the word evidences is the letter E. And it stands for effects of scripture. The effects of scriptures are miracles. In his book, Systematic Theology, Wayne Grudem says, when miracles occur, they give evidence that God is truly at work and so serve to advance the gospel. In other words, miracles help to authenticate the message of the Bible. When miracles happen, God uses them to bear witness about himself as he sparks people's interest with awe and wonder. 
This could be through some sort of physical healing, a deliverance from some sort of addiction, answers to prayer, or many other miraculous things that God does to transform lives. These miracles are the effects of Scripture, and they prove that God is alive and active, making His Word true and authentic. The second letter in this acronym is V, and stands for Variety and Unity. In Episode 2, Where Did the Bible Come From?, we looked at how God used 40 men in a time span of over 1,500 years to write the Bible. God used everyone from kings to peasants, from politicians to religious leaders, in order to record his word. The law was written by Moses 1,500 years before Christ, and Revelation was written about 100 years after Jesus' birth by John. The thing that unites each writer is that each one wrote about the relationship between God and humanity as they were inspired by the Holy Spirit. Charles Chandler wrote, The Old Testament prepares you for the new, and the new explains the old. Jesus is the subject and is basically the red line, the crimson line of blood that runs throughout all of its books. He is really the message of the entire Bible, not just the New Testament. You see, each writer carried out the same theme and harmony that is found throughout the entirety of the Bible. This is evidence that each writer, who wrote hundreds of years apart from each other, received their inspiration from God. I is the third letter in this acronym, and it stands for inerrancy. The inerrancy of Scripture means that the Bible in its original manuscripts does not confirm anything that opposes fact. In other words, the Bible is free from mistakes. It is an accurate historical record of events, people, places, genealogies, social customs, and many other things. If you look at your textbooks from school— As new things were learned about any given subject, the textbooks were updated to reflect what was learned. But when we look at the Bible, it does not change. The writers were exposed to all kinds of mistaken beliefs, but God kept them from writing about them in the Bible. The writers also never contradicted each other. The Bible was written to show the facts in an impartial and accurate way. We see this by reading the records of people who were righteous, along with people who failed and were sinners. The inerrancy of the Bible is known because it does not try to hide anything. The fourth part of this acronym is the letter D, which stands for Discoveries. Many of the Bible's historical accounts have been proven true through archaeological discoveries. In his article, 10 Crucial Archaeological Discoveries Related to the Bible, John Cruid talks about some of these findings. He includes in there the Rosetta Stone, which is used to decipher ancient Egyptian hieroglyphics, the Dead Sea Scrolls that contain over 800 Hebrew writings, which included over 190 biblical scrolls, And he talked about the Epic of Gilgamesh, which contains the story of Noah. 
These are just three of the ten listed in his article, and there are still many other archaeological discoveries that prove the authenticity of the Bible. These discoveries help give the skeptic plenty of evidence that God's Word is true and worth taking a look at. E is the fifth part of this acronym, and it stands for Excellence in Scripture. Excellence in Scripture is referring to the teachings found in the Bible. The Bible is a book that children can read and understand, while at the same time theologians cannot fully unpack its truth. We can read it many times from cover to cover, and each time we read it, we find something new. God uses His Word to continually speak to His people. If we really think about it, many of the laws that we have today are actually based off of God's law that He gave to Moses. These are laws like do not steal, don't murder, and a few others. On top of that, the Bible is so incredibly written, excellently written, that even university scholars have recognized it because of its example of what good literature should have in it. Because of this excellence, it is the most high-caliber book that has ever been produced, which leads us to believe that its ideas and the theories found in it are from God. The letter N is the sixth part of this acronym. It stands for the name of the author. While there were 40 individual writers of the Bible, God is still the author. Each writer was inspired by God to write and record the Bible into human words. There are many different verses throughout Scripture that name God as the author. Here are three of the many examples. Deuteronomy 18.18 18 says, I will rise up for them a prophet like you from among their brethren, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. Jeremiah 1.19 says, The Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. The Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. And finally, Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, All scripture is God-breathed and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Even though these words were spoken in ordinary language, the authority and trustfulness still shows that they are completely God's words. C is the seventh letter of this acronym, and it stands for Completion of Prophecy. The ancient Jews were very careful when it came to prophecy. Moses set an extremely high bar for anyone who was considered to be a prophet. Deuteronomy 18.22 in the New Living Translation says, If the prophet speaks in the Lord's name, but his prediction does not happen or come true, you will know that the Lord did not give that message. That prophet has spoken without my authority and need not to be feared. Moses knew that the, that prophecy was evidence that God was at work in the prophet and gave him insight to something that only God knew about. Many of these prophecies were warnings of punishment, but were also promises for those who changed their ways. Like with what happened when God sent Jonah 
to Nineveh. God used the prophets to tell about many things that were going to happen. For example, he used Jeremiah to say that the Babylons would rule over Judah for 70 years in Jeremiah 25 verses 11 through 12. This was actually fulfilled approximately 50 years later. Jeremiah also said that the Jews will survive the Babylonian rule and would return home. This is found in Jeremiah 32, verses 36 through 37, and it was fulfilled around the year 536 BC. There are many more prophecies from the Old Testament, which all of them came true. In the New Testament, there were over 300 Old Testament prophecies that were fulfilled through Jesus Christ. The prophecies that are found in the Bible reveal that it was inspired by God. This was because they all came true, and they always pointed people toward a relationship with God. The eighth letter in this acronym is E. It stands for Elimination of Alternatives. What are the alternatives to God's inspiration? The writers could have been writing from their own thoughts and ideas, or it could have been inspired by Satan. We know that the writers were not writing on their own thoughts because they pointed out their own sin, their own unholiness, and their own shortfalls as they shared what God asks of us. If a man in his own right was going to write something to change the mind of the masses, it is human nature that it would be for his own benefit or to make him look better, not to better others while also showing the weakness in himself. These men were not inspired by Satan either because they combated against evil and condemned Satan. They even predicted Satan's future failure and punishment. And without the inspiration of God, the writers could not have accurately foreseen and predicted the fulfillment of prophecy. There are many alternative or different thoughts about how the writers came up with what they put in the Bible. But when we logically examine Scripture, looking at the lives of the authors and how the message of all the authors was the same, these alternative possibilities can easily be eliminated. This leads us to the conclusion that God inspired these men to write and record what they did. The last letter of this acronym is S, which stands for survival. For most books, time is the worst enemy. Over time, books become outdated, worn out, the pages turn yellow, and the ink starts to fade. Fewer and fewer people read it, and eventually it disappears. But this is not so with the Bible. The oldest parts of the Bible are over 3,500 years old and the newest are 1,900 years old. The fact that the Bible is this old shows that God cares both for His Word and His people. There is no book in in the history of earth that has been copied, translated, and printed more than the Bible. There have been some people, like world leaders, who have hated the Bible enough to try to destroy every one that they could. They even put readers of the Bible to death, and they constantly attacked the Bible mercilessly. 
But even with all of that, the Bible has stood the test of time, and it is read now more than ever. It has even made its way to being the all-time best-selling book in the world. The Bible has outlived every enemy who has come up against it. The Apostle Peter wrote in his first letter, chapter 1, verses 24 through 25a, All flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. With everything that has come against God's word, this verse has proved itself true time and time again. So there we have it. Nine evidences that prove that the Bible is the authoritative and true word of God. God inspired the writers of the Bible to give a good picture of God's holiness and love towards us to show our rebellion against Him, and for us to see His amazing plan to rescue us from our own sin and death in order to restore us to eternal life with Him in heaven. If we allow it to, the Bible will transform our lives and we will be so much better off for it. I hope that this episode has helped you see that the Bible is a very special book that can be trusted. Because it can be trusted, we should also read it and follow what it says. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Grafted Podcast. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you for tuning in to The Grafted Podcast. If you liked this episode or found it helpful, it would mean a lot to me if you would like, rate, review, and subscribe. Also, remember that my family is supported by partnering churches and individuals like you who make it possible for us to reach the lost, train the found, and to create resources for discipleship, evangelism, and church growth. To find out more information on how you can partner with us, please go to our website, showingtheworld.com, or find us on Facebook at Showing the World or Instagram at Showing the World Jesus. Until next time, I'm your host, Adam Weatherly. Thanks for listening.